Hi, welcome to episode 575 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and I have a glorious podcast. In every episode of the Fantastic Forecast, I'll be talking about a different issue of the Fantastic Four, starting with issue one and going all the way to issue 645. Today, it's Fantastic Four 575 from March 2010. Prime Elements 1, The Abandoned City of the High Evolutionary. That's not a long title at all. By Jonathan Hickman and Dale Eaglesham. And our story begins on the street outside of the Baxter building. A manhole cover opens up and out comes three yellow men, underground people, subterraneans, moloids, I guess they're called moloids, and they're immediately hit by a large truck, which, you know, that's gonna happen if you randomly pop up out of a manhole. You gotta be very careful about when you're going in and out of manholes. Always have protection, like orange cones. One of the mole people is in bad shape, so another guy, another moloid, pulls off his head. Didn't see that coming. Can't leave that head behind. Gotta take that head with you. They stroll into the Baxter building. Both of them. Or I guess two and a quarter of them. A quarter? I'm not sure of the appropriate head, head to body ratio here. I guess, I'm guessing 25%. The alarms go off and upstairs the FF are alerted that they have hostile visitors. I haven't mentioned this before, but there's a lot of Herbie style robots and imagery so far in the Hickman run all over the headquarters, including the alarm system. Has a Herbie shaped uh, a robot shape on the computer screen, kind of adding a slightly 70-ish vibe to these early Hickman issues. Within seconds, the FF are confronting the mole people who kneel before the FF and the severed head, the severed head has a message. He says, clear the lobby. Okay, it's not a very complicated message. Just then, a big hand comes crashing up through the floor of the lobby, rising up out of the underground. Actually, rising up from out of the basement, I guess. That building has a lot of basements. And it's this huge, hideous creature comes out. He's got no eyes. He's very well designed. It looks like the kind of creature you would find underground or deep in the sea that never sees daylight. And so the Mole Man is there, standing on the creature's large tongue. Now that is how you make an entrance. You enter the room, standing on a giant creature's tongue, people are going to remember that. But oddly enough, Mole Man isn't itching for a fight. He wants help. He says, there's chaos in the underworld. Yet normally, the underworld has a reputation as being such a laid-back place. He says that the subterranea is in peril, and the FF are his only hope. Next, we learn about an abandoned city underground, powered by the Ascension Engine. I think Hyundais operate with an Ascension Engine. I may be wrong about that. Reed has never heard of this city before, which Mole Man says was created by Herbert Winham, the High Evolutionary, where he could do all his experiments in peace. What kind of experiments? Experiments involving evolution, of course. Duh! But this Ascension Engine didn't work right. It caused people to devolve, turning normally civilized people into total savages and animals. So back in the city, 
this ascension engine screwed up things totally badly and the high evolutionary had to abandon his city but he forgot he forgot to turn off the ascension engine so a group of moloids showed up looking around and they were affected by the engine which caused the moloids to evolve into something closely resembling human beings and apparently giving them very good abs if the ascension engine could give me abs like that count me in Moman goes on to say that the high evolutionary had if he had stayed he would have eventually gained superhuman level intelligence like that talking head so the smart moloids were kind of hated and distrust distrusted by the normal moloids and so they cast out the smart moloids Franklin says that's okay mr. head if you need to stay here with us this really is becoming Mr. Fantastic's home for peculiar children and talking heads. Johnny asks what this has to do with them, and Moman says because they are going to raise that underground city. No one asks the important question, where are they going to raise it? In the middle of New York? Problem. In the middle of Detroit? Not a problem. So later, they're in one of Reed's ships, deep within the Aeolus Cave Passage, leading to Subterranea. This is like the I-95 of the Underworld, and they're surprised to see the dead body of Galactus. Reed says this is where he buried the body of Galactus from the future. And now, it's like a roadside attraction. It's kind of like the south of the border of the Aeolus Cave Passage. So they arrive at Subterranea. Old Man asks, Beautiful, isn't it? Ben replies that he's paying more attention to the Mole Man, waiting for him to show his true colors so he can clobber him. Which is odd because in the past, Ben has kind of been buddy-buddy with Mole Man. Certainly, of all the FF villains, this is the one that Ben understands and relates to the most. Mole Man assures Ben that he no longer cares about the world above. He just wants to rule his underground city. But there is a problem with the evolved Moloids in the High Evolutionary City that they don't reproduce. So that means, by evolving, these intelligent Moloids have become... gay? So in order to increase their numbers, They've been taking Moloids from the Mole Man's city. So they keep going down another tunnel to the cavern city of Lechagayula. Funny, that was my name during my days as a Mexican wrestler. Lechagayula. Next, they go through the underwater city of Merimek. This sequence of the ship flying through Subterranea is really cool as drawn by Eagle Sham. It looks great. And then they reach their final destination, the gates to the High Evolutionary's abandoned city, adorned by two statues, one of the High Evolutionary, and the other also the High Evolutionary. He doubled down on the High Evolutionary statues of himself. Bold move, bold move, I like it. Reed and Sue notice that they're too late. The city is already starting to rise, and the cavern is about to collapse, so they better get out of there. Ben decides to take action into his own big orange hands. He leaps up out of the ship and into the city. And immediately, as a nearby evolved Moloid tells Ben, This city, it changes you. In this case, Ben's big orange head is getting bigger and bigger. As his brain gets bigger, I guess. He asks the Moloid where the children are, the ones kidnapped from Moleman City. And he says they keep the animals in their pens under the city. Ben heads under the city, he finds the kids, rather quickly, and there are only three left. So Ben rounds up the, uh, rips open the cage bars, takes the kids, and returns to the ship, where Sue is working hard with her force fields 
to keep the cavern from collapsing in around them. The ship takes off, speeding through the cracks in the ground and up back above ground again into the normal world. Reed mentions that during all this, the Mole Man slipped away back to his own city. So it's just the four of them now and the three Moloid kids. So the city also ro rose up out of the ground, but it surprises Reed that the ground sealed itself in back up again, giving the city a solid foundation underneath it. Reed says he guesses the city is here to stay. Sue asks, what'll happen now? Reed replies, I'm not sure. Accusations, fear, politics, no doubt will be involved. You know, I'm sure a nude city of strange people popping up in America, that's gonna go over very well. The American people love outsiders, people who are different, you know? Ben tells Johnny that Reed says the effects of the city will take an hour to wear off, but Johnny says he likes the monkey look. Ben says that you don't see this every day, a man-made city raised up from deep within the earth, run by super genius devolved monsters. And we finally see this city after a few pages. This is a huge city filling up this entire giant crater in the ground, a big statue of the high evolutionary, only one. It would be interesting to see how the people of Fox News blame this on Obama. And that is the end of the issue. <music> Whose woods these are, I think I know. His house is in the village foe. He will not see me stopping here to watch his woods filled up with snow. My little horse must think it queer to stop without a farmhouse near between the woods and frozen lake the darkest evening of the year he gives his harness bells a shake to ask if there is some mistake the only other sounds a sweep of easy wind and doughy flake the woods are lovely deep and dark but I have problems to keep and miles to go before I sleep and miles to go before I sleep And that was today's poem, Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening, by Robert Frost, who obviously had a hard time coming up with another word to rhyme with sleep. And speaking of snow and frost, in the next exciting issue of the Fantastic Four, the FF head down to snowy and frosty Antarctica to tangle with some dastardly agents of AIM, who, as of 2009, have to find a new way to make some money because their uh, instant messenger isn't popular anymore. And what lurks in a hidden lake in Antarctica? Find out next time. And that's all for now. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, Dave Elliott at podcastff, and you can download other episodes at iTunes or find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. You run away, you turn and stay, but you run away.